Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Hello and welcome to Better Living, a show about the people and organizations that make an impact in our area. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. Summer school isn't what it used to be, at least in the city of Dallas. I have two representatives from DISD in the studio today to talk about the district's summer learning programs. Up first is Crystal Rents. She's the director of summer learning and extended day services for DISD. How are you doing today? Doing great, Nick. It's wonderful to be here to talk about the exciting things happening in Dallas ISD. Yes, and I am very glad that you guys are here. I've wanted to get DISD on, just get more involved with the school system, uh, and I guess you guys are kind of my first intro to that. So, uh, again, thank you for showing up, and I'm very excited to have you guys here. Uh, Summer school. It used to be dreaded words. It used to be a huge bummer. Nobody wanted to go to summer school. DISD is changing that, and... That's what we're going to talk about today. So you are kind of in charge of all of this stuff. Explain to me what this summer learning program is all about. Okay, you know, um, research has shown that if students aren't actively involved in learning during the summertime, that they can actually lose some of the learning that happened during the school year, sometimes a month, two months. So the big a month picture, to two months of learning. A month to two months. In some situations, even more than that. So students that we have that are already coming in behind Now they're behind. Then the summer comes and they get further behind. And so this gap just grows further and further and further along. Right. And so, you know, a big thing we talk about in education is achievement gap. Right. That's a reality. But really, in in my field and what we're looking at is opportunity gap, because there are some students. I can take my kids to the museum. I can take my kids and put them in camps. But we have a lot of students in Dallas ISD who don't have that opportunity. And so we're trying to provide those summer learning opportunities for them during the summertime. Okay, so for for people that don't know this summer program, you, you've got you've got almost two, uh, well, not even two. You've got a few different kind of uh, scenarios or programs. So what uh, at its base, what are we kind of looking at? as far as opportunities and what programs are are being provided during the summer now. Okay. So, you know, we talk about the traditional summer school. We do have students that have fallen behind in the school year that didn't meet promotion requirements, didn't earn their credits. And so we do provide programming for them. But something that we do that's different than many districts, especially in this area, is we provide that free of charge. So students who need to regain credit during the summertime in our high school program, we don't charge them. They come and regain that. I actually, okay, so that's common then that kids, if they have trouble in school and they need to get from eighth grade to ninth grade and they're going to have to go to summer school to kind of supplement those grades that they need to move on, a lot of times people have to pay for that. Correct, correct. And, and even more so when you get to the high school level, it can be quite expensive. And so we don't charge for that. So we do get calls a lot from other districts, but I, I will say we only provide this service to our, our current DISD students. Wow. Have you guys always done that or is that a relatively new thing? I've been in the district four years and, and it's been that way for the last four years. So I'm not sure prior to that. Wow. Okay. All right. So so the traditional thing where uh, a kid needs extra help during the summer to advance a grade and he's going to come in and get that. 
Uh, so you have that. But in addition to that, you guys have something that's very exciting. Correct. So you have that in June. We have, you know, getting ready for the test and, and the mandated things we have. But then happening at the end of June and all throughout July, we have all kinds of enrichment camps. And this year we're doing it really different. In the past, we'd have four or five of these enrichment camps. We'd bust these kids cross town because the Dallas area is very large. So some of these small kids, kindergarten, first graders, would be on a bus an hour to go to a completely different part of town to be part of an enrichment program with people they didn't really know. Mm. This year, instead of taking the kids to the program, we're bringing the program to the kids. So we have programming happening in all 22 of our feeder patterns. And we selected schools that had high needs to be the host sites. And then we're allowing the schools around those schools to, to also join. So the idea is to make it the most accessible for the kids with the highest needs and then providing the opportunity for those students around. Um, all of it free. Um, many of the camps are three weeks long, full day, and they're doing a variety of activities, field trips, STEM-based activities. Um, and that's, that's all happening uh, primarily in July and August. But then there's also those kiddos who have an opportunity gap but got all the coursework they needed done. So in June, when we're doing some of those remediated programs, we partnered with the STEM department in our district, and we're providing week to two week long STEM camps throughout the district. I think we're up to about 40 of those. And so that's that's a place for the kids who, who didn't need summer school for promotion, but they're getting an opportunity to having a learning experience. So this is one of those things where you're seeing an opportunity. You, you, you're, you're looking at the results of kids being out of school for a long time and losing maybe a month to two months worth of education, which is significant. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got these kids there and they're having fun. Why not teach them something that's going to help them, but also let them have fun at the same time? Yes, and on top of that, we're providing a lot of social-emotional learning going on in the summertime, and, and when we can, we use our own teachers. So it becomes professional development for our teachers to learn how to do hands-on, fun, enriching activities that are also educational. Okay, that's something I didn't actually think about. So the people that are running uh, these after-school, summer school, is, are we calling them summer school? These would be summer learning. Summer learning. All right. So for these summer learning programs, you have DISD teachers and faculty running them. Most of them, yes. Okay. We have a few that will bring, like the Boys and Girls Club, they'll bring some of their folks in. But for the most part, we use our own. And even when I work with a vendor to, to bring their program in, part of our, our working together is that they'll hire our teachers. Okay. Uh, I don't know. How long is summer for DISD students nowadays? Like, what is their, like, how long is their summer? Are they out for Two months, three months? I think it'll be about two and a half months. They, they get out June 1st, I believe, this year, and they'll go back mid-August. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so you said that you have 22 schools right now that are participating. Those are 22 feeder patterns. 22 feeder patterns. Yeah, we have 231 schools, I think, at this time. Um, and so that, that's where a summer learning plan gets pretty complex, right? It, extremely. Yeah. That's so, a lot. So 22 different feeder patterns, and then how many schools within 200, I think it's 230, 231 now. And they're um, all active in some way of providing this summer learning. There are opportunities for all of those students. So oh. there are some areas where um, certain schools are eligible based on distance because, you know, um, these are expensive. And so part of bringing the programs to the students means less transportation provided, but they're close enough where they could get there. Um, but I could go all day telling you about all the opportunities we have. I mean, athletic camps happening. There, there are so many opportunities going on throughout the district that every student in the district is eligible to at least go to one or more of those activities. Is there a potential for a kid to be involved with something the entire summer? That's the hope. Uh, the research I want to get from this this summer is looking at the kids who needed to come to the um, remediated programs in June and hoping that many of them sign up for the enrichment programs in July. And I'd like to look at the kids who came to the remediated programs 
and also came to enrichment and compare them to those who just came to the remediated programs. Because I really feel like we're going to we're going to see um, some growth in social emotional learning. Mm. Those soft skills and some growth in academic as well. Well, I do want to talk more about just the the bare bones of the programs being provided and how many kids are involved in that kind of stuff. But you you bring up an interesting point, so let's talk about it. What are you hoping as an educator to gain from these programs? Like what you said that you're kind of looking to find out information from this, what are you what are you hoping to find out? What are you looking for? So Dallas ISD has been part of a grant with the Wallace Foundation and the RAND um, looking at summer learning. And so we did a study with them, and the results found that if kids came to a five- to six-week summer program, a full-day program, uh, and they came 19 to 20 days out of it, then they had growth in math, reading, and social-emotional learning. With our state-mandated testing and our need for mediation and all those ideas, we don't necessarily have a full five or six weeks that we could do programming for every single kid. So my wondering is if they get that that, uh, academic piece for three weeks and then they get another three weeks in July for enrichment, can we have the same outcome? Can we see growth in all three of those? Because, again, financially and just with our calendar the way it is, we we can't provide a five, six-week full-day program for every kid. When I was a kid, you, you would hear rumors about, you know, year-round school. Because as a student, when you're a kid, you love summers. Of course, who wouldn't? Uh, but you would hear this stuff about year-round school, and it was always this kind of rumor that your school's going to change and you're never going to have time off. And is, is this summer programming kind of a way to, to kind of get the best of both worlds where kids do feel like they're off in the summertime, but then they're not going to lose the things that they're really there for, education? Yeah, and I think that we've had to change a little bit of that paradigm, too, because some kids, especially our middle schools, I'll admit that is the hardest group to get to come to summer programming. So we put a lot of time and energy this summer to provide middle school programming. And we've talked to students and focus groups and done our own surveys with parents and have found out that if in that first one or two days they do not feel comfortable and welcome and no other kids around them. So there's just a lot of social pieces, right, Mm. that we have to make sure that it is an environment that is organized, well thought, that we have great teachers working it so that they'll come back. Um, And that is the hardest feat is to get them to come and stay nationally. The average of any summer learning program, attendance is about at 60%. 60% of the kids attend most of their program. Um, and when you're looking at the funding you're putting in that, that's not okay, right? Like yeah. we need our return. And so that's why we're really trying to bring it to the neighborhoods and have when the kids show up, they have people there that look like them. They have their friends there. It's down the street. I'm not spending two hours on a bus. Um, and then we can continue those programs that we're doing in the summer when there's interest and then look at doing some after school programs with those same types of top- topics, whether it be chess or STEM or, or those types of things. Why are middle school students the hardest to get involved with stuff like this? Is there a reason? I, you know, I taught middle school and was an administrator for middle school. And I'll say that there's that thought of, I don't want to go to school in the summertime. Now, previously, we've been sending middle schools, a bunch of middle schools to one site. I can tell you right now, just at that age, they don't want to go to what they don't know. So I'm hoping I'm right in that by doing it at their home middle schools, you're more likely to get them in because they know what they're doing. Because you're not that middle school age, you're still trying to figure out who you are. Oh, you yeah. got to keep your street cred. Right. You got to keep that. And so I don't want to go if I'm sending somebody from South Dallas up to North Dallas. We we got some miscommunications. We don't really know how to if we're miss um, we're misinterpreted sometimes. And so trying to figure that out. So I think by taking them to their sites. Also, they don't want to be in school from nine to four. So full day for them this year is nine to two. 
We need to make it reasonable. If you try to get a middle schooler to a school at 730 in the morning uh, during the summer, we probably lost that battle. And, and quite honestly, parents of elementary school kids, they'll get them there. But when a middle school kid says they don't want to go, then the parents will say, OK, you stay home. Mm. So we also kind of have that fighting against us. As an educator, I'm sure that when you're putting these programs together, you're focused on all the the portions of making this work. You're focused on what you know, what project are we going to do today? And I got a great teacher to help me with this project. But then you find out that a lot of this is dependent on a social dynamic type thing. Was it interesting or shocking to you that that was going to be such an important portion of making this work? I think in today's society, we our, our students are struggling with social-emotional learning in general. We've got so much social media that a lot of times they're not self-regulating. They think of something, they, they send it out immediately. We're not having conversations face-to-face. We're not um, collaborative. And so a lot of our programs, the idea is that in order to accomplish a task at hand, you've got to work with those around you. It's teaching them that new skill. Um, and I think that um, just in Dallas in general, we have a lot of kids who don't know um, – how to communicate effectively, mm. right? The great kids, but they just haven't learned how to have that conversation with an adult. And so in our summer programs, the, the ratios are different. I mean, in our middle schools, it's going to be a 10 to 1 ratio. And we pick the top-notch teachers. So the principals have picked great teachers. And in some of our programs, we have the DTR teachers, which is the highest level you can get in Dallas ISD. Mm. That's the cream of the crop. What is, a D, what is DTR? A distinguished teacher. So uh, on the rating, you would get to a certain level. And in order to get the distinguished teacher rating, then you have to go through a process and, and have people come out and observe you and you go through and talk about what you're doing for the profession and, and all that. So it's part of our evaluation. So I think it's like the top 20 percent. Right. So we're now then taking we've chosen sites that have high needs. We're taking some of our best of the best teachers. Right. We're giving them some training in social emotional learning and hand on enrichment activities. So they're excited because it's something new. And then I think that's when we're going to see great things happen. The kids are going to be successful because there's not an assessment. Kids just want to be successful. So if I'm giving you an assessment constantly and you're failing, then then you're, you're not going to want to be there. Right. This may be the first time some of these kids have ever been successful at a school activity. So you're kind of taking the grades out of summer school to a certain extent. So in our enrichment programs, there are no grades. We only um, do grades when we're looking at credit recovery or if they were going to be promoted or retained, right? But everything else, there's no grades. We do not want to have any testing, any grades, any sorts of that. Um, we look at it, we do evaluate our programs and we're looking at uh, different ways to do that. Crystal Rents is the Director of Summer Learning and Extended Day Services for DISD. How many kids are a part of the summer learning? So that's a good question. Last year, I think our total numbers ended up being about 14 or 15,000. I calculated everything up because I'll tell you, um, we also have several campuses that do their own programs. They have leftover funding, and so they do what they call a standalone program. So when I put every single program down that we have and all of the um, projected enrollments and the, and the slots that we have available, I came up to 50,000 slots. Now, many of those kids will be in two or three of those programs, right? But if you look at everything going on through our partnership programs, because we do a lot of programs with partners as well, um, but even the campuses, the punitive, the enrichment, yeah, it came up to 50,000. So I'm excited to see how many we get this summer. Is that, is 50,000 a number that you like? That's crazy. I had never dreamed that we could get That's that high of a so number. so many you know, our, kids. Yeah, our district's at 158,000. Right now, is it really so, 158,000 kids in DISD mm-hmm. right now? That's fluctuating, but I think the last time I looked was 158 to 160,000. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. So if you're talking about a little over 150,000, you're talking about 50,000 kids being a part of this. It's really good. It's pretty impressive. Okay. So, but you always, of course, you want higher, but you you are feeling good about 50. 
Right, right. Okay. I mean, I think that if we continue going up each year, I mean, because the reality is we have kids in our district who don't have the opportunity gap. They'll still be going on those vacations mm-hmm. and doing those things. So it's not that all 158,000 needed something from are, us. are you seeing more and more kids uh, uh, becoming a part of this that don't necessarily need it? You know, they have options. Their, their family might be going on a trip to wherever during the summer, but they they still see the opportunities with the summer learning program and they still want to be a part of it. Are you seeing that? Yeah, I mean, you're going to have those parents and they want the best for their kids and and you can't can't deny them that. We have tried to be much more strategic in our recruitment Mm. to really look at the kids that the program makes the most sense for and really trying to help them get there. You know, an online enrollment, first come, first serve online enrollment can be... um, can can cause some of our families not to enroll because they don't have an email address or know how to do that piece, right? So yeah. we did a lot of our open enrollment at our event this last Saturday in person, right? So you come and you fill it out. You can ask all your questions. We had people that could speak Spanish, and we were able to get those kids enrolled. And I think we, we enrolled a lot of kids we hadn't typically done because they didn't get on there fast enough to get the first come first serve. I mean, you know, I'm one of those zealous parents, right? I mean, sure. we know who to call and and how to get the kids in the program. Right. So, um, and you know, I said fifty thousand, but there's also so many other summer learning with the Dallas City of Learning initiative we have. We partner with the City of Dallas, Big Thought, and so there's all kinds of programs that our kids and all kids in the city can go to during the summer. Let's talk a little bit about that. I saw that on your website, which is dallasisd.org slash summer learning. You guys have a big partnership with Dallas City of Learning and Big Thought. So what is that? So um, the the city of Dallas and the mayor has seen that summer learning is important, right? So how do we get more summer learning opportunities? Districts, we're always getting budget cuts. Um, And they're looking at the city as a whole, not just Dallas ISD. Um, And so Big Thought has um, partnered with over 300 partners and and anything from like Pizza Hut to, to Beacon Hill, just different kinds of programs. And they are either free or low cost. And there's an online platform that you can go on and then you can, um, look up by your zip code, or if I'm a kid and I'm interested in coding, I look up coding and I can find all the activities that I could possibly do as coding. And the, the, the end goal, and hopefully the platform will get us to there this year, is to do badging. So when you have completed a program, you have like an electronic badge. Because the dream is you would be doing this in the summertime and these badges would be something you could even show like colleges to wow. show the kinds of things you've done in the summer. And so when I finish coding this, this one activity, then I might get an email from the system saying, hey, we saw you completed coding. You might like this. Some of the programs are in person. Some of them are online. Um, some of them are just events. It's a one-day thing that's happening. It's any kind of summer learning, and they're continually adding those opportunities onto their platform. This seems like you've obviously done this stuff in the past, but this seems like this might be the biggest push you've ever made for the summer learning program. Is this is this really kind of the biggest that you guys have made it? Yeah, I mean, I think we've gotten traction. I came into this role mid-year last year, and the first big push we did was we decentralized summer school. And what I mean by that is instead of having 10 elementary and middle school sites that we put everybody in, every regular elementary and middle schools host their own summer school. And it's only for a couple of weeks because the idea is not that it's you're going to catch up everything and the, you know, two weeks, but this is the last round of intervention. We've been doing intervention with you all year to get you ready for the next grade level. So instead of thinking summer is a one-stop shop, we're changing it back and saying, okay, let's check out the kids every grading period, see what they are. Every school will do their own readiness, <clears throat> their own readiness, which is summer school. Um, and then that allows us then to spend the rest of the summer working on enrichment and other opportunities for them. Was this a part of, of why you came into this position? Were you looking to change 
summer school into the summer learning program? Were you kind of trying to smash the way that it used to be thought of and kind of revamp it? Well, I was uh, director of, of school leadership with DISD, and this opportunity came to me. It was, the, it was the opening. They asked if I would come in. One thing I do is project management, and I enjoyed that. So when I came in and I saw that we were decentralizing summer school, I started looking at the research and doing my own types of things and realizing, whoa, we're on to something here. But the reality was we needed more traction. We have to push this out. Uh, I can put as much as I want on the website, but again, the same families were struggling to do online enrollment aren't going to the website, right? And everybody will tell me, well, everybody has a, you know, a smartphone. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that they're going to our website. Exactly. Um, so, you know, I partnered with uh, our Office of Family Engagement uh, and DISD and that they helped me put on the big event. And I'll tell you, it was one of the largest events the district has had. There were 4,000 people that showed up. We did it at one school. Every single feeder pattern was represented there. And there were families from all but 15 schools. So like 215 plus schools, there were families there. There were even families from 39 non-DISD and charters and, and, and private schools. So what that tells you is parents want to know about summer learning opportunities. Were you shocked at the response? I mean, that's that's overwhelming. You know, we, we told the vendors and we told the the partners and all that had tables. We said, prepare for 2000. So, yeah, about 10 o'clock when <laughs> everybody ran out. Um, yeah, we were shocked. I mean, we were excited because usually when we do activities um, on Saturday events, you usually kind of do them in certain areas in Dallas. Right. But to have people from all over the district make it down there. It was a very diverse population. Um, and so we're right now looking, we also did surveys. So we're excited to see what the parents had to say. Mm. I've already had several calls and emails about when the event is next year. <laughs> um, so I think that parents want summer learning. They just didn't know where to get it. And they're not going to go online. Some of these parents aren't going to go online and Google and find 50 sites. So we put together, you know, a, a print version of a summer discover summer guide that is by quadrant. So I can go in and look and see if I'm the northeast quadrant. Here are the programs that are that are there. And in our guide, it's only free programs. OK, um, but at the at the fair, we had free and low cost, you know, um, and then then now we have the Dallas City of Learning uh, platform as well. So we're trying to find one stop shops that um, we can look at what's going on and and. And on top of all that, I mean, we have open feed sites with our food and nutrition services where community members, they can come in and eat free breakfast and lunch. That's a big thing that, that we haven't mentioned. And I know it's a huge, every educator I talk about when we talk about this summer is the lack of food that a lot of kids have to deal with during the summertime. So for these kids that are in tough situations during the summer and they're not getting the nutrition that they need, they're going to be able to get it through these summer programs? These summer programs, but even more so. Um, Salas ISD, um, we meet the threshold um, in order to get free meals for all kids. So all of our students, regardless of your income level, get free breakfast and lunch. And then after school, we can get a snack or dinner. So all of our programs will have that. But the thing is, is that when you hit a certain number of students in a program on that campus, then Food and Nutrition Service is going to make that an open feed site. So since we busted out into all feeder patterns or programming, we're going to have a whole lot more open feed sites this summer. So like, what constitutes an open feed site? I'm not really so open feed site means that anyone from the community can come in and have a free breakfast and free lunch. Really? Yes. And so that's really powerful um, because even if they're not part of one of our summer programs, you know, because, again, we have limited spots, they still are going to benefit from being able to come to one of our open feed sites. At least get them in the door. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You seem almost more excited about gathering all the information and seeing how all this works so you can plan for next summer. Is that, am I kind of right about that? 
Yeah, I think that's there, but I'm also, you know, I'm working with Dallas ISC, of course, but the reality is, is that this is an issue everywhere. And so working with Wallace and Rand and a couple of other organizations, they know what we're doing and they're looking. So how do we take this, not just in DISD, how do we go nationally? What's going to work? And, and I tell you, when you say gathering all the information, it pretty much means we've all got to leverage all our resources. We all have initiatives, but I'm summer. I can be part of all your initiatives. Tell me how we can work it in. Yeah. Right. Um, because I have limited staff and limited funds. And so by working it all together, we're providing amazing programs for our families. So, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what this looks like. It's been a lot of work. So I want to see this is my child. I'm birthing. I want to see it. This (laughs) is so much bigger than I had anticipated. I had no idea that it was going to be on such a grand scale uh, for all the things that are being offered and the amount of kids that are going to be involved and uh, the food alone that you guys are going to provide in certain areas is is monumental. So uh, this is this is crazy. Uh, biggest question we have right now is, is it too late for kids to get involved or is enrollment still going? How can people get involved with the summer learning programs? Okay, so many of our enrichment camps, um, the open enrollment, a lot of those spots did fill at our event. However, we still have at every high school, there's going to be a one week all sports camp for kids age, um, age eight going into ninth grade. And our athletics departments are running those. So that's the one week there. We have STEM camps that still have some openings. There, there are several things that still have openings. But I also want people to realize our city alone with the park and rec and the libraries, our libraries have amazing programs happening at all of their branches. And many of their programs provide free meals as well. I did not know that until last summer. So I think there's a lot out there. I think um, nothing is all closed. I had a conversation this morning with all of the shelters. We have a large homeless population. So I was working with the shelters um, this morning to talk about what could we do to bring programming to them. And so we've had some great conversations, and we plan on getting out to those shelters as well to work with those homeless kids. So I think there's stuff everywhere. And, you know, next people will say, can I get a one-pager? And I laugh. There is no one pager. I'd have to give you about 20 pages um, because even when I leave here now, I'm going to think, oh, I forgot to tell him about this. So, I mean, I really encourage folks to, to get out, look at the guide that's online, check out Dallas City of Learning, and we'll be posting stuff on our site all summer, videos of things going on. So, Well, you've done an amazing job streamlining this, so let's talk about it one last time. How do people find out this information? Where's the best way for them to do that? Okay. So if you are currently a Dallas ISD student, you can go into our, our dallasisd.org slash summer learning to find out some of those activities. But I tell you, the best way to go is to go to the www.dallascityoflearning.org because that's a hub for all kinds of activities, not just for Dallas ISD, but also open to anybody. Crystal Rance is the Director of Summer Learning and Extended Day Services for DISD, and she's going to have a very busy summer. Are you ready? I am so ready. I'm excited. Well, I want to thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.